Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the largest online nursery in the USA? With more than 10,000 plant varieties and millions of satisfied customers. I have their trees and plants at my home, and they're fantastic. Have you had your fair share of landscaping woes and wasted weekends at crowded nurseries? Finding fast-growing trees will be like stumbling upon a hidden treasure, believe me. With fast-growing trees, it's different. From fruit trees to houseplants, they have it all delivered right to your doorstep. Plus, their plant experts are always available for advice. And here's the best part. This spring, they have up to half off on select plants. And my audience can get an extra 15% off by using promo code BILL at checkout. So please go to FastGrowingTrees.com. Use promo code BILL at checkout. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. put out a video of the president announcing he will run again in 2024. The Jewish people have a phrase, oy vey. And I say that with humor, but this is kind of an unusual problem that we have. Um, The Democratic Party doesn't really want President Biden to run, according to the polls. Uh, Most Democrats say they have somebody else, but there isn't anybody else. So at this point in history, and I still believe that Joe Biden will not run. So I think things are going to get worse for his mental health and for the country in the next six months. But I could be wrong. Couple that with the, the most, I don't know, flamboyant television news operation in the country, Fox News, Also in a dubious position because of the Tucker Carlson situation. We'll get to that. But first, the talking points memo, Joe Biden's America. It was surprising to me that after he was elected in 2020 uh, and more than 80 million Americans voted for him, but really most of those votes were against Donald Trump. But it surprised me 
that from the jump, Mr. Biden was an enthusiastic supporter of the progressive movement. I mean, the far left. And we have documented that southern border, unfettered abortion, on and on and on and on. There isn't any progressive tenant, not one, that Mr. Biden opposes. That has led to a new America. So first I'm going to run you Mr. Biden's announcement, part of it, and then we'll run down 10 things that have changed drastically culturally for all of us in this country. Roll the soundbite, please. This is not a time to be complacent. That's why I'm running for re-election. Because I know America. I know we're good and decent people. I know we're still a country that believes in honesty and respect and treating each other with dignity. Okay, standard issue. Nothing unusual about that. Usually, though, presidents make announcements in person, not on videotape. So culturally, um, here's what's going on. If President Biden is reelected, we can expect more of the same. Not going to change. And he'll be 86 years old when his terms end in 2028, 86. Now, First of all, I want you to consider the 10 things that I'm putting forth to you and how even six years ago, this could not have happened in this country. That's how quickly things are changing. The first is the transgender athlete controversy. Okay, so there's a new NPR poll out. It's a liberal organization. Ask the question, do you support or oppose the following? Allowing transgender female student athletes to compete on women's and girls sports teams. Support 24, oppose 63. I mean, that is a colossal repudiation of having trans men compete with biological women. It's stunning, all right? 63 to 24. Yet, Joe Biden, okay with it, I'm not quite figuring that out. If I have a daughter and she has to compete against a biological man who's changed his gender into a her, well, that person is going to be stronger. Is that fair? No, it's not. Then there's the trans advertising on television and some teachers promoting alternative lifestyles in schools. We all know what that controversy is. Three states have now restricted schools from teaching about gender, South Dakota, Alabama, and Florida, and more to come. Okay? So this was a big, big issue in Florida. They called it the don't say gay, and, but it wasn't really that. It was about parents saying, look, we don't want our young children to be subjected to a teacher whose views may be different than our views about social and gender issues. Okay. Then we get into the 1619 Project. Remember that? So New York Times championed this. And it basically says that America was built on slavery. The whole country was built on it. 
And therefore, uh, the United States owes African-Americans because of that. Well, my upcoming book, Killing the Witches, um, will absolutely obliterate that theory because we start at the Mayflower and you'll see what happened. Uh, historically, everything's backed up. So the 1619 Project is really propaganda. It's a political play. But what it does is it sets up permanent grievance in the African-American community because it's taught in many schools. And the black kids hear it and they go, hey, you owe me reparations. You owe me whatever. Uh, equity, on and on and on. This is a permanent grievance play. Have we heard anything from Biden about this? No. No, he, he wants to all come together, but, but this is about as polarizing an issue as possible. Okay. So then we have non-punishment of criminals. So I had to do this. It, it's hard to get these stats, but I'm going to give you just one so you understand. Before COVID, 2019, okay, and then 2022 after COVID, 2022, the murder rate, I'm sorry, the, this is after COVID, starting after COVID. Murder rate is up 30% in the country. The murder rate, up 30%. So we are becoming a more violent. Now, the left says it's because of guns, but somebody's firing those guns. And in the big cities... Criminals are not being punished the way they used to be, and almost all crime is up. I mean, if you don't believe me, ask Gavin Newsom, the uber-liberal mayor, uh, governor of California, who just moved the National Guard into San Francisco to restore order and cut down on the drug dealing. Okay, so it's happened. Where is Joe Biden on that? No, we don't hear a thing. Then we go to academia. On many colleges, you cannot bring in a speaker like me or anybody that goes against the progressive orthodoxy because students don't feel safe. So they only get one point of view. Everybody knows that. And then you have the admissions where skin color and ethnicity is now at the top of the list. I mean, some of the stats are amazing. So standardized testing thrown out in many places. And it's like, okay, we're going to take um, this group, that group, this group in college admissions. Then um, we have the wealth tax, which is seizure of private property. And again, Biden is okay with all of the things that I've mentioned, and he's okay with the wealth tax. The wealth tax basically taxes what you have, not what you sell, for income, it's what you have. So the tax man will come in and assess your car value, your house value, property value, your jewels, your collectibles. And then every year in Massachusetts, you pay 4% on that. That's the only state that's passed it. But Oregon, Washington, New York, Hawaii, Connecticut, California, Illinois, and Maryland are introducing wealth taxes. Biden's okay. Pay your fair share. But that's confiscation of private property. Government can't confiscate 4% of your private property. It will be ruled unconstitutional. I know it will be because the Constitution gives the power 
to the federal government to tax income, money that's coming in to you, not possessions. Okay, that's socialism. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sorting through your expenses, estimated payments, and all those tax deductions can be overwhelming. Might even lead to a failure to file and failure to pay penalties that pile up on your tax debt. The attorneys at Tax Network USA have been lifesavers for many Americans. Their team has successfully saved clients more than $1 billion in tax debt, a billion. Whether you're in the hole for 10,000 or 10 million, they are ready to help. The expert attorneys and tax professionals at Tax Network USA are equipped to secure the best settlement for you and help you resolve all tax cases. So please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. These debt relief programs are expected to change, so get started now. Please go to taxnetworkusa.com slash bill, or you can call 1-800-245-6000. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Then the entertainment industry, I can't tell you how the movie, television, publishing industries have collapsed because the projects that they are developing are almost 100% woke. The only exception on television is Blue Bloods, the CBS program that I know of. Everything else is woke. And the traditional audience is going, we don't want it. When was the last time you went to a movie theater? I was a big movie fan. Last time I went to a movie theater was the James Bond movie, the last one, which was so horrible because it was all woke. And my late friend, Sean Connery, I mean, I can't even imagine what he would have said had he been here. Uh, Then uh, the acceptance of degrading public behavior. This is colossal if you live in a big or mid-sized city. So now people defecate, urinate on the streets, consume narcotics on the streets with children being able to see all of this. This is degrading behavior, which used to be punished. If you did it on the street, you were punished. Now you're not. And this is a huge problem in every urban center. And it's the kids. The kids are sitting there, what's that needle? I mean, San Francisco is, again, the showplace for this 
but it's happening everywhere. It's absolutely unbelievable. Then you have the final is attacks on the Catholic Church. And this is an underreported story the media didn't want anything to do with. Since the decision to give abortion law back to the states, there have been at least 147 attacks on Catholic churches across the country. 147. Do you hear about that? Now, if a synagogue is attacked, everybody hears about it. Mosque, everybody hears about it. Catholic Church, they even defaced St. Patrick's Cathedral, the largest church in New York City and the most prominent Catholic church in the nation. They caught the defacers who was spray painting F.U. on the cathedral on videotape. They arrested, the police arrested them. No charges. Alvin Bragg. No charges. The damage, I talked to the cardinal, was about $30,000, $40,000. No charges. I had them. Guys were on tape doing it. No. So this is the progressive world. And if you can show me one of these that I've just given you, just one, where Joe Biden has said, you know, maybe that's not right. Maybe we shouldn't be doing that or we should take action to stop that. Nothing. She, Putin, mullahs in Iran, danger. And they're going to test us soon. But this cultural stuff, this affects us every day every hour of every day, and the children and grandchildren. And that's the memo. Joining us now from Palm Beach, Florida, is Donald Trump Jr., deeply involved in his father's re-election campaign. And uh, there's a new book out. Um, We'll tell you all about that at the uh, end of this interview. But first, I want to get your reaction to uh, Mr. Carlson and what I just said. Listen, I, I, I agree with you. I, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but uh, I, I look at him as a perhaps a once in a generation type talent, uh, someone willing to challenge the conformity uh, and the norms of the establishment, willing to call out senators and governors alike that, you know, frankly, not a lot of people are doing in corporate media these days. And so uh, I think it's a big blow to conservatives, to the GOP. Uh, I think Tucker Carlson, someone who's been able to reach across uh, the aisle, in a sense, bring over a lot of independence by uh, by actually having the logical conversations that people need to be having, uh, whether that be about uh, war in Ukraine, whether that be about vaccines, whether this, that be, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, and while that may be branded conspiratorial by some in corporate media, it seems like uh, he's been batting pretty solid uh, six months later when the truth actually comes out, Bill. I'm not sure I agree with that on all fronts, uh, but that's for another day. What was your reaction when the uh, discovery for the defamation lawsuit by Dominion revealed that Mr. Carlson said bad things about your father? Did you react to that at all? Did your father react to it at all? You know, I never actually had a conversation with my father about it. I've had a good relationship with Tucker for for a long time now. He's one of the guys I actually, you know, agree with on uh, the vast majority of things. And so, you know, I, I understand how those things work and I understand how conversations with other people work. So uh, it doesn't bother me all that much. Everyone's entitled to that opinion. I think uh, the, the sit down last week was actually very interesting when, 
you know, a guy like Tucker coming at it and understanding that, you know, Trump was right about things like Ukraine and the war and one of the few people uh, actually willing to call out that insanity. And so while they may have disagreements on thing, you know, things and perhaps at that time, because uh, that was around the J6 fiasco where everyone was being fed a narrative, but not everyone knew exactly what was actually going on. Uh, you know, I, I totally understand it. Um, was your father angry when uh, Carlson said those uh, not nice things about him? I actually never had a conversation with him about it, so I don't know. Well, you just said you did. No, you I said, you I, said to I, I, I said I've had plenty of conversations with Tucker Carlson, but I've never had a conversation with my father. about. Oh, you had a conversation with Tucker so I, yeah. Carlson. Oh, so you talked with Carlson. I'm sorry. I thought you, that's my mistake. So you no, no, talked no, 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 with no you talked with Carlson about what he said about your father and what was Carlson's did he no, have I, did, I, I didn't say that I, I I just I have generally speaking I've had a lot of conversations with Tucker and I agree with a lot of what he says okay but I, I want to get to the things that he's been written on so I've never had a conversation with either one of them about that one about that your okay. personal you didn't you weren't offended by it that much Bill, in all fairness, when you've gone through the stuff that I've been through over the I, last couple of years, you know, 50 hours of testimony for treason, uh, you know, <laughs> honestly, you know, someone's text message with someone else in the heat of the moment, uh, literally, that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me in the slightest anymore. All right. And I understand. I understand. Yeah. Okay. So um, your father is the media master. And I, yes. even people who hate him know that. All right. He, yes. he uses the media. That's why I believe he was re, uh, elected first by 2016. I did the first interview, as you know, with him when he announced his candidacy. He knows where the audience is, where the power lies and all of that. So accepting Sean Hannity, and as I said, Hannity maintains a very high profile and he will uh, support your father. Uh, the Murdochs uh, don't support your father any longer. Have you discussed well, it that? Seem that way, yes. No, they don't. Believe me. No. Have you discussed that with your father? I, I haven't because it doesn't need to be discussed. It's fairly clear. You know, it, it, I've said this for a long time, but obviously there's a you know the Paul Ryan faction uh, of the conservative movement or of the Republican Party. It's not really the conservative movement anymore. Uh, it almost is the opposite of that. You know, it is very clear in what what they want to do and the direction they want to go. And I think that's very different uh, than where, you know, the the average hardworking blue collar American that also happens to be conservative is. Uh, but, you know, you, you've certainly seen, you know, that aspect emerge. And so whether it's this decision, whether it's the Binion settlement, I, I can't quite make any sense of it because I don't know. I don't know why you'd settle for three quarters of a billion dollars with a company who's not worth a tiny fraction of that. Uh, it, it, you know, the decision-making process there doesn't seem to make much sense to me, but it's, it's not my call to make, so that's up to them. Well, the reason they settled was that Rupert Murdoch himself was going to have to testify, and he didn't want to testify. Um, and then once that was a fait accompli, the judge ruled that Mr. Murdoch would have to go in. And in fact, he was the second witness set to be called. Then money didn't matter anymore. The man did not want to go in there and testify. And then all the other talent would have to go in. As you know, the press would have just blown that thing up to Hiroshima-like status. And um, the company made the decision. Again, board of directors have stuff to say about it. You know that. You're a corporate guy. Oh. Um, and they said, look, <laughs> hey, we got to get A billion out. dollars is still a billion dollars. So, oh, know, look at again, 
you know, I, they could be right. They could lose entirely, but you're not getting an almost billion dollar settlement for a company that's worth a few, you know, a few million dollars. And, you know, at least based on my understanding of that. Now, again, and if why, you don't want to get dragged through the mud, I, I know how that works. Yeah. Trust me, it's happened to me and my family enough, but it seems like an interesting position to take from a fiduciary standpoint. But if you own enough of the company, I guess you can do it. Yeah. And why do you think that company has $4 billion in the bank? You don't have to answer that question. <laughs> right here, you're looking at them. Uh, okay, let's get on to the book. So uh, this, is a, this is an interesting book because I'm a history guy and I love all this stuff. Yeah. So what you guys have put together is Letters to Trump. And you can yeah. get this book uh, at 45books.com, okay? And so there's a bunch of letters that people have written to your father. I'm going to give three examples. The first one is Barack Obama. I thought this was fascinating. January 20, 2017, quote, third, we are just temporary occupants of this office. This is what Obama says to your father. That makes us guardians of those democratic institutions and traditions like rule of law, separation of powers, equal protection, and civil liberties that our forebears fought and bled for. Regardless of the push and pull of daily politics, it's up to us to leave those instruments of our democracy at least as strong as we found them, unquote. Why did your father choose that letter to be in the book? Well, listen, I think it's historical. I also think a big tenet of the book is sort of the irony. Uh, you know, you'd mentioned sort of the letters you want to talk about, and that's sort of modern history. But I think if you go back and look at some of the other people that have written letters to him, I mean, it's uh, royalty, uh, it's uh, Hollywood elite uh, you know, a, a letter from Alec Baldwin telling Donald Trump how how much of a mensch he is is rather interesting when you think of the sort of the visceral uh, and vicious negative attacks over the last few years sure. from some of these same people. So I think what's really was interesting, we discovered this archive of letters to my father over uh, literally decades of his life and career and its history, the letters from you know, Nixon talking about, hey, how he'd be a great politician and maybe he'd be able to. Well, I was going to get to the don't, All right. Don't outrun your coverage. I'm going to get to the Nixon letter. But <laughs> okay. the the Obama letter. And as you may know, I like Barack Obama personally. Yep. He's very kind to me and my children. Um, it's preachy. The letter is preachy. Yes. All right. It's, it's like he's he's like lecturing your father. And I read this. I go. Ooh, I don't know if that's the tact. I've never written a letter to your father, by the way. I've thanked him for a few times, and but I've never, you know, I don't intrude. If he wants to talk to me, he can talk to me. Um, but anyway, I thought the letter was a little bit Second letter well, was... The, the preaching is sort of interesting when you think about, you know, the irony of everything that went on after that, right? We're talking sure. about democracy, and yet he's spying on the Trump campaign. You're talking about democracy, <laughs> but it's his party that's, uh, you know, creating the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. So... You know, I guess that's part of the irony of all of the book, right? People take this holier-than-thou approach, and they're so great, but then, you know, you put an R next to your name, and you're running as a Republican, uh, and all of a sudden, all of that history is forgotten. All of the things change, Bill. And, you know, again, I think, you know, that's what's so amazing about it. In hindsight, you see all of these things, and you realize exactly where these people were, uh, and, and you realize that, uh, you know, the people in glass houses probably shouldn't be thrown Yeah, it's, it's a good window. All right, let's uh, Kim Jong-un, April 1st, April Fool's Day, 2018. I am thankful for the personal letter you sent that explicitly laid out your great intentions. He's responding uh, to a letter from your father, the president, um, trying to get this thing with North Korea under control. But what struck me here 
is Dear Excellency. See, George Washington forbade anyone from calling the President of the United States Excellency. He forbade it. And then I looked at you. He doesn't know anything about America. Well, and I, I have a feeling that Kim Jong-il wasn't, wasn't uh, thinking about those things when no. he wrote the letter. But, you know, it was sort of amazing that, you know, my father does talk about it a lot. He gets a lot of criticism for saying that, you know, he had a good relationship with these people. No, I thought he did the right thing. Having that relationship, being able to pick up that phone when, when the stuff's going down in a bad way, being able to have that direct link is truly important. I, and I used to laugh when I saw... The beginning during the Trump administration and all the experts, you know, everyone's an expert and Trump's doing it all wrong in North Korea. And I go, well, what, what's your basis for that? And their basis was that they've been doing it for 40 years, but they've been doing it for 40 years with no successes. They've never even been in the room with the other person. And they're going to tell us why he's doing it wrong. Uh, and, and it was just sort of great irony when you took the success. They stopped the testings. Uh, they stopped the this. And, you know, the second Biden takes over, you know, a guy that's a dictatorial or a despotic type figure. Uh, sees that weakness and hey, they fire up those things right away because yeah, I mean, look, I, I always the, said you have to deal with the devil in that job, and if you can get the devil on the phone and de-intensify the fire, it's a better deal. Finally, real quick, Richard Nixon, December twenty-first, nineteen eighty-seven, way back, um, he writes to your father. I did not see the program, but Mrs. Nixon told me that you were great on the Donahue show. That's Phil Donahue. As you can imagine, she's an expert on politics and she predicts whatever you decide to run for office, you will be a winner, unquote. That was nice of Nixon to drop that line, right? Uh, very much so. And again, you know, another politician who sort of, you know, history has vilified. But it, it, in looking at the book and in looking at sort of the history as we've become more immersed, you actually look at a lot of what he did. And there's a reason he was reelected in a landslide. Uh, again, because... That establishment took him out for a mistake. It, it, it's such a different mentality. But that was special because, you know, it, it, my father, I went back and watched the interview. I th think he was literally talking about at the time it was Japan, you know, taking advantage of us for trade. Right, and all right. of the insane practices of our government officials, none of whom had any experience in business or in trade or in anything other than being bureaucrats. And so what was interesting is that, you know, quite literally almost 30 years later, uh, it's the same line of attack, and it, it's just been very consistent uh, in his feelings about the country and the bad decisions that our leaders, uh, who are making decisions with real no no authority to do so, other than uh, I guess they were elected, but they shouldn't be making these decisions because they had no experience making decisions at that level. Okay, uh, and it's why you've seen. A let me let me plug the book. Let me let me plug the book for you, so you can get this book. The easiest way to get it. It's just punch up 45, the number 45books.com. All right. Comes out officially tomorrow. You can get it tonight, though. Pre-order, you know, it'll come first. Hey, Don, we really appreciate uh, your time. You know, you're very busy uh, down there, and it's nice of you. Nice to see you, okay? Likewise, best, Thanks a lot. Great to be with you again. Yeah, my best to you, Father. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Here's a very interesting um, situation. There have been throughout our history, old presidents. Reagan was old, you know, this and that. So I searched around for a guy that I think really knows the presidency and how age affects it. Uh, Joining us now from Roanoke, Virginia, is a professor, Edward Lynch. He teaches political science, and he's the chairman of that department at Hollins University. All right, so um, you and I, uh, we have something in common. We study presidents from Washington to Biden, their tendencies, their successes, their failures. In the older president category, I believe, and I've been upfront about this, that Biden's age is hurting him. It's hurting his ability to govern. So let's first take a look at some of the older presidents and see if they were in the same situation. I mean, we could go way back to William Henry Harrison, right? He only lasted 90 days as president. Actually, it was only 30 days as president. And he he kicked. He went to heaven or wherever. Um, But he was a rough and ready kind of guy, a tough guy. Um, People elected him based on his war record fighting the Indians. And um, it's hard to evaluate him, but Americans at that time didn't seem to be too concerned that he was a senior citizen. No. Well, uh, bear in mind that uh, he was almost completely removed from the campaign trail back in 1840, uh, highly reminiscent of uh, Joe Biden's campaign in 2020 when he campaigned from the basement. Uh, One of the comments made about William Henry Harrison when he was nominated by the Whigs for president uh, is that the use of pen and paper should be forbidden to him for the duration of the campaign. That was one of his own campaign managers who said that. They they didn't want him talking. Well, he's a pretty blunt guy. I mean, it might have been more about him saying offensive stuff than didn't know what he was doing, but I don't know. So you fast forward into uh, Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Um, senior citizen, uh, I wrote a book on him, Killing Reagan, and in the book, after he was nearly killed by an assassin's bullet, his mental acuity declined. And it was interesting because the Reagan Library objected to my reportage on that, but it was absolutely true what I said in the book. Reagan made an amazing comeback. And some people feel that Biden really isn't in that much of a decline and could come back himself. So let's deal with Reagan first. He was an effective president at an old age. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, there are a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, uh, Reagan, Reagan's administration maintained, at least in foreign policy, a remarkably steady hand through a couple of different secretaries of state, four different national security advisors. And you don't get that kind of steadiness, you don't get that kind of consistency if there isn't a strong hand at the top and a strong mind at the top. The other thing about Reagan that separates him from Biden is that Reagan didn't look old. 
he looked younger than he was. He looked vigorous. Uh, he was able to to walk more steadily. Uh, uh, Biden looks so old. He walks like an old man. He talks like an old man in a way that Reagan did not. Uh, and that's one of the biggest differences between the two and a very important one, particularly even more for Biden than for Reagan, because Reagan didn't have to deal with social media. Right. And Reagan was an actor also. I mean, but Reagan was a robust man. I mean, yes. he, was, he was in good shape and uh, kept himself that way um, up at his ranch in Santa Barbara, riding horses and all of that. Whereas Biden is a more sedentary individual, and I agree with you, he shows his age. Um, you have a situation, though, where Bush the elder, all right, the next president after Ronald Reagan, because he was vice president, uh, was elected, but then ran against a very young, vibrant Bill Clinton. And I believe the comparison of Bush the elder and Bill Clinton helped Clinton immeasurably. Oh, I agree. Uh, there were a number of things going on in that 1992 campaign, none of which were positive for then-President Bush Sr., uh, uh, but uh, the Democrats certainly knew what they were doing that year in nominating someone who was considerably younger and considerably more vigorous-seeming. And, you know, that contrast between Clinton and his, and his opponent was even more pronounced in 1996 when Clinton was running against Bob Dole and the... Right. Uh, a lot of the national media made that contrast repeatedly in order to hurt Dole's chances. Right. That, that's an excellent point. I hadn't even thought of that, but you're absolutely right. So fast forward to now, Donald Trump's pretty vibrant 76-year-old uh, um, comes across as much more, uh, much younger, if you want to put it that way, than Biden does. But Ron DeSantis, who is now running second to Trump, um, he's 40, what, 44? Um, right, yes. Yeah, in that area. So his youth, DeSantis' youth, if he gets a nomination, would starkly contrast to Biden's senior citizen status, correct? Yes, absolutely. And that would be uh, one very good reason for the Republicans to uh, take a very good look, hard look at uh, Ron DeSantis as their possible nominee particularly given the fact that if Trump should be reelected in 2024, he can only serve one term, whereas Ron DeSantis or Nikki Haley or any of the other Republicans would be able to serve two full terms. Youth and vigor is going to play into that even more. Right. But I got to tell you, I had dinner with Trump uh, three weeks ago or a little longer. The guy's a vibrant guy. The guy, the guys again, he, compare, again, compared to Biden, uh, uh, Trump. Yeah, uh, I mean, there's no comparison. I told, I told the uh, waiter, I'll have what Trump's having. <laughs> Whatever he's eating, I'll have what I'll have. Um, hey, Professor, it's always good to see you. Thank you very much for your expertise, and I hope you'll come back. Okay, so there's a whistleblower guy out now. His name is Mike Morell. He's the deputy director of the CIA from 2010 to 18. Or is that 13? No, 13. 2010 to 13, yes. Um, that was, of course, under Barack Obama. He says, Mr. Morrell, that the Biden campaign wrote up the letter that 51 former national intelligence folks signed saying the Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian plot. You'll all remember that. 
Well, here's the crux of that story. Biden used that during a presidential debate. Go. Because look, Very there are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. They have said that this is, has all the care. Four, five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except the, his and his good friend, Rudy Gianni. Okay, so this is shocking. The Biden campaign writes up, this is Russian disinformation, the Hunter Biden laptop, sends the letter to the 51 Intel people, and they all sign on to it. And then Biden uses it in a presidential debate. Think about it. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Newsom, California. So San Francisco's out of control. Everybody knows. Drugs all over the place. People dying, crime, you name it. So Newsom, who's a progressive, don't put anybody in jail guy, is sending California state police and the National Guard to San Francisco to, quote, dismantle fentanyl traffic and disrupt the supply of deadly drug in the city by holding the operators of large-scale drug trafficking operations accountable, unquote. Well, wait a minute. The National Guard can't do that under the Posse Comitatus Law. They can't do that. They can't investigate drug trafficking, all right? And the state police, they can, but what? Why You should already be doing that with the San Francisco City Police and the state police. This is just a bunch of hooey for Newsom trying to cover his butt because he thinks that Biden's not going to run again, even though Biden says he will. And Newsom wants to step in and go, I sent a guard into San Francisco. That's what this is. Smart life. All right, so we talked about ridicule. When people ridicule you. And it happens to all of us on this planet. The most ridiculed individual that I have ever seen was Jesus of Nazareth. Couldn't have been ridiculed more than him. And what they did to him and how they did it, uh, it was stunning. And it's a reason that he's a centerpiece of the New Testament. Despite, and I'm not even talking about God now, I'm just talking about him, the man. So when you are ridiculed or you ridicule someone else, you are doing a hateful act. And there are people on radio and television, their whole game is ridicule. That's all they do. And they make big money doing it. 
So ridicule is, try, is, is not criticism. Ridicule is trying to diminish you as a human being, trying to hurt you. Not just your feelings, but your whole being. That's ridicule. Horrible. There's a woman um, with an MBA from Harvard, okay, who is now specializing in etiquette. I guess I should go and see this woman. <laughs> Her name is Sarah Jane Ho. So she's come out with something that I think is very smart. She says, when you are insulted, not ridiculed, I'll, I'll tell you ridicule what you should do in a moment. When you are insulted by a friend or somebody makes a joke at your expense, it embarrasses you or whatever, there are three words that you should say and only three. Ready for those words? Somebody makes fun of you, you turn red, everybody laughs, you take a deep breath and you go, are you okay? That's it. Okay? I think that's pretty smart. You don't prolong the conversation. You look them in the eye, too. But you get a message across like, eh, I don't really like that. Now, with ridicule, it's different. There are two ways to handle it. My way, which is the wrong way. <laughs> All right, the O'Reilly way. Don't do that. Because I have a tendency to like, bang! Not hit. Can't do that. Can't do any physical stuff, but right between your eyes. That's my way. That just reinforces the ridiculer and gives them power. It empowers the person ridiculing. My way. Don't do my way. The other more disciplined way is to look the person in the eye. If you, it's a one-on-one. Okay, and just walk away. Don't say a word and never deal with that person again. Smart life. Okay, here is the final thought of the day. I mentioned it earlier. I'm not going to spend a lot more time, but we have a surge of premium and concierge members, and we are overjoyed to have you guys, new people watching and listening to us all over the world. Okay. But if there's something you feel I'm not doing correctly, if I'm not fair, if I'm not clear enough, write me. Okay? Let me know. This program is 100% for you to help your life, to inform you. We will always be honest with you. We don't calculate what we say here. You're going to need us in the next year as things are going to get a little more rough in this country. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day, and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before, and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith.